Coachception, <laughs> or maybe you've heard of MLM coaching. These names make us laugh, but do you think that they speak to a darker phenomenon that's tainting the coaching and consulting industry? How many people are out here teaching others for the sake of getting clients versus the sake of the value they truly offer? Are most of these coaching programs no better than the holy leggings LuLaRoe started sending folks? Or the incredibly marked up makeup or nutrition supplements, those were air quotes, the supplements that MLM reps pester their friends and families with? Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Welcome back to another episode of the Divine Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, and I hope you are ready for this ride that I've got planned for us today. I'm the founder of Defy the Status Quo, which is a marketing and branding consultancy. And in the last several months, we've taken a closer look and in many podcast episodes about the nature of coaching and consulting, the ethical nature of it, or, you know, the lack thereof, the unethical nature of it. And so today we are going to talk about coachception (laughs) or uh, MLM coaching, as it is not so affectionately called. The coaches who coach coaches on how to get more clients who may also, they themselves also be coaches. So coaching who coach coaches on coaching other coaches And you can see how that can just kind of go long into wasting a lot of our time. But did you know that the business coaching industry by itself is valued at over $10 billion? $10 billion in a 12-month, yeah, yeah, annually valued. 12, yes, that is correct. And coaching collectively, so including your life coaching, spiritual coaching, all of that other uh, types of coaching is valued at $15 billion. 15 billion, 15 billion. Um, According to what I think might be conservative estimates, the coaching industry may be valued at as much as $20 billion by 2027, the year 2027, over $20 billion. And I think that the growth of the coaching industry is actually a bright flare that signals you know, people's growing search for guidance and in many cases, deeper meaning. And I also believe that too many cult coaches and bro marketers are taking advantage of our search for meaning and significance in our lives and in our businesses. Did you watch that docu-series on Amazon Prime, uh, Lula Rich? (laughs) I did. And I was completely floored by the similarities between what the LuLaRoe consultants experienced and my own experience in a cult coaching program and the experiences shared with me by business friends, some business acquaintances, and even complete strangers as I continue to share my own story. 
And it really makes me wonder what the line is between business coaches who ethically coach other coaches and people just looking to take advantage of the growing number of new coaches. So in an MLM, what makes it a pyramid scheme, although it seems like they're all pyramid schemes, but anyway, what's supposed to make it a pyramid scheme is that the focus isn't on selling the actual product. So MLMs have a product, right? And the company apparently (laughs) sells it wholesale to their consultants or their retailers or whatever they call it. And then those people, those sellers, uh, resell it to us, the regular folk who are not in the MLM. But the focus isn't actually on selling the products, but on recruiting more people. So one of the signs is that the vast majority of, well, I guess all of the sales would come from retailers usually, um, you know, because people don't buy directly from the company, they buy from these retailers. So when you're in an MLM, the focus is usually on recruiting. And when you're in an MLM, you have a team usually. If, you, if you've gone that route, you have a team, people that you've recruited, and that's called your downline. And so in addition to the money you generate from sales, there's usually some type of compensation structure where you also get like a bonus check or, you know, you just get added into your sales, maybe. But there's a percentage that's also given to you, awarded to you or whatever that's based on the amount of sales that your team does. Right. So if you're in like, you know, my team, maybe I get, you know, a few percentage points or whatever. But if you have a large team, a few percentage points of every single one of their sales generates quite a few, uh, quite a few dollars. You know what I'm saying? So in most MLMs, it's actually impossible to make a living or even a decent amount of money off of just the product sales. And so, for example, one of the things I heard in the Lula Rich documentary, uh, uh, Deanne, the woman, uh, the woman owner of Lula Rose, it was her and her husband, Mark, I believe his name was. But Deanne is asking people like to share their inspiring Lula Rose success stories with other people at this like big convention. And one of the women, I think she said her bonus check for that month was like a six figure check. Like I think it was I think it was a six figure check. I need to go back and and watch the series again and actually pull out some really salient quotes. That would make some for some great social media, <laughs> some great social media posts, don't you think? But yeah, so I'll go back and, and try and do that. But it was a six-figure, six-figure bonus check. And then Deanne asked her how much her actual product sales were. And she told the crowd, she said it was $18,000. But the number was so much lower than her bonus check because of her team. So it just gives you an example of like when people are showing off their lifestyle, either they're faking it, which we also saw in the docuseries, highly recommend. They're faking it or they just got such a big downline, a large downline, a big team that those that percentage point that really adds up for them and they're able to generate more money. So how does this tie to coaching? I know I just kind of gave you like a very bad explanation of MLM, but how does this tie to coaching? Uh, the coaching program I joined in 2019 had three levels, right? Uh, I joined the first one at 10K and the idea was to, you know, for it to take 10 weeks to get me to... 15, 20, or even 30K per month based on what the sales rep told me. Uh, I didn't even come close to that, but I was so scared of, you know, quote unquote, losing the environment, which is a phrase they said all the time, like, oh, your fee to get in here was just worth the environment. They, you know, always remember the value of this environment. So when it was time for me to leave and I had not made back my investment yet, I was desperate. I was like, I don't want to lose the environment. Like the coach, the, the salesperson just sat there. And basically said yes and nodded in all the right places. 
Um, and they sold me into the next program, which was $18,000 at the time. Uh, but they actually raised it to $24,000 like a month after I joined. So it was a $24,000 investment for everybody else after me for six months. And I think that one was supposed to get us to like 50, 60, 70 K per month. And then there was a third program even after that. And I have no idea how much it costs, but I'm going to guess probably somewhere between like 60 and a hundred thousand dollars. And I'm pretty sure it was a year long. So what I want you to notice is that the income goal for each of the levels easily feeds into the fee for the next coaching program level. So the first program level gets you, you know, somewhere between 15 and 30K per month. But then the following program, which costs $24,000, you know, once they raise it to that, that would be easy to do, relatively speaking, uh, if you are at that 30K per month level. So if a program costs 10K, like let's say my new program that I've designed costs me $10,000 and they show me how to get three new clients per month, I've hit 30K. I've hit 30K in a month. Uh, and I pay for the next program level, which would show me arguably how to get, let's say five new clients per month, but you know, uh, at a higher scale. And that would get me to 50K per month if I hit that goal. So if the coaching program you know, signs up 10 people at the first level of a hundred, you know, $10,000, that's a million dollars. Yeah, that's a million dollars. So if 30 of those people sign up for the second level, let's say it's 18,000, then that's another $540,000. And my experience with that was that we actually got less attention in the second level. Like there was less activity, less people talking, um, the coaches weren't as present because the same coaches, a lot of the same coaches that were coaching on the first level were also coaching in the second level. I can only imagine what those people's schedules actually look like. So it just seemed like, it just seemed like they were just trying to, you know, show us how to, to get more clients, which arguably is good, but I have to wonder where the line truly is. If you're a coach who coaches coaches, are you just essentially teaching people the same strategy that you used to get them <laughs> so they could get more clients and either continue to pay you into, you know, perpetuity or maybe even worse, pay for your next higher program? Like, when do you stop working with clients? When do you say no? When do you say it's time for them to move on? Do you? And I think that's another question we have to answer, you know, for ourselves as, as coaches, consultants, service providers. When is it time for someone to move on for you? Uh, and that question, you know, is relevant based on the business. But if it's relevant to your to your business, I'd, I'd encourage you to answer that question. When is it time for someone to move on from you? When do they need a different coach? When do they need a different consultant? Where does your experience end? Right. And I don't want to say end, but when would it be in the best interest of your client to move on to someone else? Are you willing to be honest with them about that? Are you willing to be honest with yourself about that? So I guess the answer probably lies, uh, you know, in your ethics, of course, but, you know, in the content of your program and like your, your program principles, are you genuinely offering people something new or are your clients just repackaging what you taught them and are selling new coaches, the watered down version of it? You know what I mean? So is there really anything new that you're offering? Is there anything new that your clients are offering these coaches who are looking to get their own clients now that you've coached them? Are they offering their clients anything new? Or is this like, you know, you sold them a, a metaphorical product. They took off the wrapper and the branding and stuff and then repackaged it in their branding and is, is now reselling it. You see what I'm saying? 
that I think is, is really the question. And I think it's something we kind of have to evaluate in this industry. I think it's going to be one of the questions that we need to answer. Uh, no, we're not MLM in the traditional sense of, Hey, like I don't, I don't have makeup or, or nutritional supplements or wine. Wine was the MLM I joined. I did a wine MLM. Yep, I did. Um, <laughs> thankfully they weren't that clingy and I just stopped doing it one day and they just let me go. Um, but we don't have like a product the ways that MLMs do, but are how many of these programs are out here basically doing the MLM thing? So these are largely rhetorical questions, but if you've got an answer, I would love to chat with you. My DMs are open, social media, comment, wherever you find the episode. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think some deep questions today for us to consider. Uh, in this space, in this industry. And I, I honestly think that these are going to be the questions we need to answer before we can move into a space of what it looks like to, to market in a really ethical way, to sell in an ethical way, and to provide an amazing client experience in an ethical way. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.